mother is bleeding. At least I have a husband, you know. Does anybody here believe it? Hey guys, it's Future Tim and Future Whitney, and we just wanted to reach back in time and address something real quick. Do it. We've seen our numbers go up, and we've had a lot of new listeners to the pod recently. Now, when we first started this, we've never done anything like this before. Not remotely. No, we've never recorded anything. I was a musician in school, but I never recorded anything. Um, so we started with some very cheap entry-level equipment. Bad equipment and Bad inexperience. Equipment. Absolutely. So I bought Whitney this like sound podcast deck years ago for Christmas, um, and it sat in our closet for years, went through a house move. We came here, we finally started using it and realized this thing don't work so good. <laughs> this ain't gonna work. <laughs> no, no, it was real bad. So we just wanted to reach back in time to anyone who's joining us for the first kind of chunk of episodes and just let you know, we know that our audio is a, is rough. We get it. We, we know. We, we, we're painfully aware. Painfully aware. And we look back so embarrassed at it. But we stick behind our content. Yes, I, I, I do. I feel like our content is great. So all we're saying is... We hit our stride uh, probably a few episodes into the pod, so just just stick with us. Yeah, just, you know, stick with us through the growing pains. I promise it gets better, and this was actually a huge moment of growth for me to jump into something without mind-fucking it to death and not 100%. being totally pre- prepared and mm-hmm. whatever, so um, I just appreciate if you guys do stick with it because... You know, there's something to be said about being one of those people that you're like, I was there for the beginning when it sounded like two different volumes in a fucking tin can. So, (laughs) And then really bad Spotify tags. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Just stick with us. We promise you we feel like we stick behind our content and we hope you guys love it too. So we'll hit our stride. Hey guys, it's even farther in the future, Tim. By like 45 seconds. Yep. <laughs> I told Tim, I said, I want to say something. <laughs> so when we were recording this, I had to stop about four times because I kept saying we've had a lot of new users. And I was like, listeners, listeners. I'm like a bad actor on like a lawn, like a movie or a commercial or something. It made me think of Joey and how he kept saying, mmm, noodle soup. And they're like, damn it. Like, mmm. <laughs> so Tim was noodle souping through that whole thing. I'm... And I was like, do we need a script? But anyways, <laughs> I, I think we hard. made it through it. That's all I wanted to say. Thanks, users. Well, hey there. Welcome to episode two of Digging Up the Duggers. Episode two. Um, it's pretty exciting. It's I was terrified to listen to episode one until he fully dropped it. Like, like there had to be commitment. Yeah, I was like, it has to be posted before I'll even listen to myself. But um, yeah, I'm pretty happy. We have some stuff to learn, some stuff to work through, audio issues. But yeah. it, it's been exciting. It's been funny to hear from people who listened. And um, I know, Tim, like you have some people that have never. Yeah, I had a lot of really good feedback. I think the people that I assumed were going to kind of listen and support just because they listen and support their friends a lot did. And we got really great feedback from them. And then I had people that don't really listen to podcasts and don't really have any 
um, you know, background or interest in kind of this stuff that came back and said, oh, my God, we were enthralled. I loved it. I loved your banter. So um, from people like in it and outside of it, I got a lot of really good feedback. And it's really exciting. Like, I keep checking the stats and I'm like, oh, my God, somebody from Australia listened. And then today I was like, ooh, someone from Canada. So it's fun to know that people we know are listening and that somewhere out there, someone we don't know at all is listening, which is also terrifying, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that was the way that I described it. I felt like it was exciting and terrifying all at the same time. You know, I think we have insecurities about um, saying... And, and mouth breathing. <laughs> yeah, we have those things. So it's because that's our insecurity. We're going, oh, I hope nobody else notices. And nobody said anything about how many times they say like or um. They and, were interested and, in and us. And actually, don't even tell me. I know already. Please don't <laughs> tell me. I, I'll, I know. I'm, I'm painfully aware. Yeah. Uh, part of the the growing pains that we have is kind of doing this early is um, some audio stuff. So we had actually recorded part of this and uh, had some audio issues with it. So we're kind of going for round two here. Um, so we're just going to check some levels and we're going to get into it hard. Oh, and also just note, um, I did talk about this on our Instagram. If you don't follow our Instagram yet, which is digging up Duggar's pod, but the goal is to post an episode every week, but Tim has an insane schedule. Uh, he worked 10 days straight where a short day was 12 hours, like oh, yeah. short. So sometimes with his schedule, it's not going to be feasible. We're going to try our best, but we don't ever want to rush this to where it's not something like we're at least somewhat proud of, right? Absolutely. So that's going to be the goal, but hopefully you guys will just be flexible and stick with us and we will try as much as possible to put out an episode every week. All right. We're going to take one little break and we'll be right back. Okay, so the second special is named Raising 16 Children, and it premiered in March of 2006. So this is actually a good amount of time between the last special and this one, but if you, because the other one was in 2004, but the end of that other one, you know, they added on that tacked on thing at the end, so there is some weird overlap, which we will address as we get to it, but as far as the actual timeline goes, there is a decent amount of time between these two uh, specials filming. Uh, so I'll go ahead and let you start off on what how the episode started. Yeah, so obviously these are very – the production value is uh, seemed a lot higher than the first one. Did it? I mean, it wasn't high. I'm just saying it was higher than the other one. Um, and part of that was, like, the intro. So they had this whole, like, ESPN, like, intro to, like, some sporting event or, like, the beginning of, like, Monday Night Football. The starting lineup is what it, they called it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so it was very sportsy, um, and I, it was like a little bit 90s cringy, but once again, it's of the era. Um, so I took a lot of individual notes of the kids, um, so I just wanted to like rapid fire some of just the funny little quirk things. But just to explain, like it goes through all the kids, and it'll say like their favorite food, their favorite pastime, and what they want to be when they grow up. Yeah. They don't say it all for each kid, but it's like different stuff on the screen, and then yeah. some stuff that they say. So, admittedly, I only know Josh. Because everybody knows Josh now. Exactly. So, like, I couldn't look at a random blonde child dressed like a Target employee and tell you, oh, that's John David. Like, I don't know those things yet. So, uh, give it time. So, this is just notes real quick. They started with the youngest. Um, I have Jackson. His future goal was to be a policeman. So, be Watch careful, out, Josh. Josh. <laughs> Um, 
Jason's favorite food is vanilla ice cream. Of Hello. course it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it says his favorite like activity is helping around the house. And I feel like that's completely pandering to your mother where it's like, what's your favorite thing to do, son? I just love vacuuming. <laughs> um, Jedediah, his future goal is to be a dad. Um, okay. I, <laughs> um, let's see, Josiah... Uh, his future goal was to be a missionary, and I put that's what you tell your parents uh, to get them to trust you or like to be happy with you is to be like, nope, I want to be something heavily involved in the church. And Jill also, I want to point out, also said she wanted to be a missionary. Absolutely, couple yep. of missionaries in the fam. <laughs> um, that was the halfway. So they went through all these like eight kids, and then they were like, haha, that's only halfway. Um, Michelle. Then they kind of talked about. Uh, Michelle and when she met Jim Bob and I the perspective that he had of when he met her versus her perspective are completely different he's like she's the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen yeah and then he says that and she's just kind of smiling politely and then she looks at the camera I don't remember him <laughs> yeah she's like I just remember a guy that was quiet didn't say anything <laughs> so he's like I was in love and she's like he was boring <laughs> Um, all right, going back into it, Ginger uh, spells her, obviously starts her name with a J. Um, so they said that one of the things she likes to do is teaching people how to spell her name. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, that was total snark on their end, right? Like, she didn't really say that, did she? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them at this point. Um, but she wants to be a chef, so shout out Culinary Life. Um, and this was also like she's not the, a chef now. Just letting you know. I'm assuming. Um, it's also the, like the fifth kid that said they like lasagna. That's their favorite food. So Michelle makes a bomb lasagna. But not one single mention of tater tot casserole as their favorite. I just want to point that out. Mm. But honorable mention to chicken stuffing as well. So <laughs> I gotta look out for that recipe. Watch watch out for that on the gram someday. <laughs> uh, Jessa is the next one, and it said that she loves to sew and eat pickles. And it's like, as much as I have a favorite food, if they're like, hey, what's an activity you like? I'm not going to say eating, eating pickles. pickles. I'm going to say one of my favorite foods is pickles. So the fact she either has no hobbies or is just kind of the weird kid. <laughs> um, Jill, got to shout out Jill. She loves tacos, the food of my people. But then she also wants to be a missionary. Uh, John David said he wanted to be a contractor, and I would—I just remarked at the fact that that's like, I want to be a middleman, <laughs> you know. Well, so John David's twin is Jana, mm -hmm. and poor Jana, she's the oldest girl in the family, and she said that her favorite pastime is babysitting. <laughs> she and has no like, option. It's like, oh, honey, do you actually enjoy babysitting, or is that the only thing you get to do in life? So you're like, so I must like it. <laughs> That's my favorite thing is cleaning my parents' room. Yep. Poor Jana cleans her parents' room and just loves to babysit. <laughs> Poor girl. Um. And then, of course, it comes to Josh. And Josh, his favorite pastime is video production. Yeesh. Yeesh. And his future goal is to be <laughs> an attorney. Double yeesh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he'll be familiar with attorneys in his future, but yeah. not because he is one himself. Yeah, hiring, not being. <laughs> the irony of it all. And I did just want to really quick point out, since we went through all of the kids, that this family has a Jana, 
a Joanna, and then being born this episode is a Johanna. <laughs> so n- not a fucking Judith, not a Janet, but uh, but a Jan, a Joanna, and Johanna. I just think that that's cruel and very unimaginative. <laughs> like all the things they could have done. <laughs> Poor girls. It's like George Foreman. <laughs> okay, so that's it for the intros. And then they move. Oh, they move into moving. If you remember from last episode, they did show this, but it was pretty brief. They got a little bit more detailed this time. Nothing too, too, too crazy. They're um, still building their house, of course. They move into. Uh, they're moving into a rental because it has four bedrooms, which is nice for them, because the their current house is actually being like torn down. So they're getting ready to move into this rental and they have the whole moving scene where the help comes. And one of the things I wanted to talk about this house before this house goes away forever (laughs) is that there is a guy named Justin who has a podcast called I Pray You Put This Journal Away. It is, he was close with the Duggar family, his, they were involved with their church and things, and he was actually good friends with Josh Duggar. And he actually ended up doing a AMA on Reddit, and he got such good feedback out of that that he ended up doing this podcast, which does touch on a little bit with Josh, but it's more so a dive into his, like, reading his journal entries as a teenager during this time that he was involved in this cult. It's fascinating. Everybody should listen to it. I really love it. But... My favorite thing that he said, and he wasn't even trying to be funny. It's a pretty somber podcast because you're going through, like, heavy stuff, right? But when he he's just totally dead serious. When he was describing this house, he said that when he walked into it, it, it smells like toddler hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, the description of uh. toddler hands. If anybody ever told me that my house smelled like toddler hands, I would have to be institutionalized. <laughs> Like, I one time lent a shirt to my niece or, like, gave a shirt to her, and she said, oh, it smells like your house. And I was like, what does that mean? What the hell does that mean? Describe that smell right now. <laughs> like, if somebody said that I smelled like toddler, oh, my God, I could never live with myself. So I felt like everybody needed to know that. Yeah, that's a rough run. That's uh, obviously not very descriptive in what it smells like, but I feel like you can kind of get a good idea. Like a like, daycare. I think it just, like, to me, toddler hands just smells like when you're walking in and you just smell toys. That are dirty. Like sweaty people, sweaty Ugh, toys. Yes. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Toddler sticky. Hands. Smells sticky. <laughs> Gross. One of the things that I thought was interesting in this kind of special versus the first one is that uh, they're talking more to the kids. Um, the first one, I feel like the kids are kind of just a prop, and then they would talk to kind of Michelle and Jim Bob, and I think you're starting to see the genesis of we're going to give them a reality show because they were starting to like pick up some of the individual personality things from some of the kids and kind of like them interacting. And um, when they were talking to Ginger um, about moving, like what it meant and kind of growing, um, you know, out of this house and moving, she had a very clear moment where she was like, "Um, I know this is going to be something good with us, but I'm still really sad. Um, so I thought it was kind of cool to see that, like, oh, there is, like, a real person in there. Like, because that's a very normal human reaction, you know? Yeah. Um, this is the childhood home I knew, and as much as it's going to be good, it kind of sucks. Yep. But, yeah, you're right. Not until you pointed out did I realize that they did engage the kids quite a bit more. Um, so now they go to the part where they're going to ATI, which is the homeschool conference. Again, this part was also shown, 
in the last episode, but uh, I just wanted to tell you some of the things. When they're packing up, getting ready to go, Jim Bob is describing it, and he says that, <laughs> well, the boys climb walls and they learn about God. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I thought that was a funny description. And then, of course, for the girls, he's like, the girls uh, do crafts and sing songs. Yeah, fun activities, sing songs, arts, and crafts. But then when you get there, all the older girls, they're caring for kids the entire time they're yeah. there. This is why Janice says she loves to babysit, because that's <laughs> all she's allowed to do. They didn't even actually participate in all the activities. They're like, we're here to take kids to the potty. <laughs> so <laughs> what the also, parents can go to their thing. Yeah. What also felt weird during this, too, is that like every like even when they show kind of moving forward, when the boys are doing stuff, the boys are very descriptive about the things they're doing. They're very much like, oh, you do, you know, like what it means to the, the group and, you know, the actual activities they do. They were very descriptive. And even during it, when they were talking to the girls, when they weren't talking about having to take care of kids the whole time, they just kept saying those exact words that Jim Bob said. Uh, you know, we do fun activities and sing songs and arts and crafts. It felt like a press release, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Parroting. This is like all they know. <laughs> well, we do crafts. Like, Yeah. Um, and it was kind of funny because they showed some other families, and not one family had less than eight kids. Not a single one. So there was like, this family has a, four boys and six girls. And so they're all just massive gigantic families that all come to this conference they had this um like roll call point where they would have a couple of the kids and then the two parents would be there and they'd be like we're the uh, johnsons from uh, blah 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 and we have uh, six boys and three girls um and it was just kind of this it was over and over again and i you could tell that they had a couple of the guys that thought they were like the cool kids in the group and it was like these two creepy twins and they were both dressed the same, and the dad had a creepy pedo mustache. And it was just everything about it felt really weird. But I'm like, in that arena. They're you, cool. Oh, yeah, those are like the cool boys. You know what I mean? Every group has them. Yep. Yep. And I just wanted to point out Josh's quote of how he described ATI. He said that the purpose of it is to train up, again with the word train. I can't, it's so weird to me. Train up young men and women to become leaders of the next century. I think today we have so much of a negative peer pressure coming in from the outside world that young people need a role model, someone to look up to. So, you know, real wise words coming from Josh Duggar here, sex pest. Uh, anything else about that before I move on to them going back home? Um, the only thing that I put that I can see is uh, there's a they start talking about how uh, Michelle's pregnant again and what. Uh, kind of who the the different parts of the of the family like do they want to have a boy do they want to have a girl like who is it and then it's like all of the boy uh kids together and like josh is holding the brother and they're all like we want a boy and i'm like i don't think josh wants a boy um <laughs> oh, no <laughs> uh but when they get back to home back home it's funny because the narrator, I was like, this is a little bit of snark, I feel. Uh, he's, the narrator says, now they're back to normal life. And part of normal life is mom being pregnant and having ultrasounds. <laughs> it's like, normal life is mom being pregnant. So they go, they have an ultrasound. That's when they find out that they you know, are having a girl, which we already knew, Johanna, because they ran <laughs> out of ideas. 
and you know they go to a new doctor because they need one that will deliver uh, vaginally after a C-section. Yada yada, nothing too crazy. So yeah, I, at this point, them having kids is not that exciting. It's just like a real small part in the episode. It's like you move on to the next thing. Yeah. So the next part is when they go over the Duggar House guidelines. Do you want to read those, or should we just skim them? Um. Yeah, go through them. Why don't we? Why don't we go through? They're in the. I have them tabbed in a book. Of course, it is tab she has number them two in, in that book. book. All right. So uh, during this time, just a note. Um, one of the things they did was they had the kids kind of talking about what all their kind of their rules are, um, and it was that that there was a chunk of time that was kind of on the kids that you can tell are nervous. So there was a lot of time where, as a viewer, you're like. Okay, buddy, and then the kid's just kind of holding his hands and like kind of rocking back and forth, and they're like, "Okay, come on, let's push it." Um, I feel like that's kind of the nature of just dealing with children anyway and trying to film something. You know what I mean? Um, all right. So, how many of these things is there? It starts on that first page and then goes into the second page. You want me to read it? All right. So there is fourteen of these. Hmm. Um, they have more kids and they have rules. Interesting. And counting. <laughs> um, <laughs> always use soft words, even when you don't feel well. Uh, always display. And you can chime in if you have any notes on any of these. I'm just going to rapid fire them. Just rapid. Al always display kind actions, even if you've been mistreated. Show joyful attitudes, even when no one is looking. Have sincere motives with no thought of self-gain. Think pure thoughts. Always give a good report of others. Never tail bear unless physical harm will come to someone. And then they quote some Bible scripture. Uh, number seven is never raise a hand to hit. Number eight is never raise a foot to kick. Number nine is never raise an object to throw. Never raise a voice to yell. Never raise an eye to scowl. Use one toy slash activity at a time. Which they cracks me up. All this stuff, and then suddenly it's like, and by the way, only one toy at a time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, some of these are, like, life lessons, and that one's more of, like, a programming note. But one toy at a time. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you be grabbing Legos and Hot Wheels. And a Tonka. No, no. We don't do that in this house, son. Uh, <laughs> uh, never let the sun go down on your wrath which is don't go to bed angry or guilty. I thought it was an Elton John reference for a second, so that's where my head... Don't let the... Um, and then the last one is uh, put Jesus first, others second, yourself last, and make serving your family a priority. So I think that's joy. Doesn't they have it like an acronym? Is like joy or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it says amendment joy. Yeah, so that's how they... Yeah. So here's the thing about it. I don't disagree with all of them. Obviously, we shouldn't be kicking and hitting people and whatever. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, but I feel just like collectively, especially paired with other things we know about them, it just very much has like a keep sweet type feel that I'm not into. Like, you're not allowed, even when you don't feel well. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, we still want to treat people well when we don't feel good, but it just kind of feels like it's very dismissive of. I don't know. Keep like sweet. real, like real human feelings. Yeah, I don't know. It yeah. just kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. I don't know. I just don't yeah. love it. I think it's just that facade of like, nope, everything is always going to be perfect, and you're never going to be mad at anybody, and you're never, you know, sometimes you get mad at people. Sometimes things are dirty. Sometimes they suck. Like, you know, you're going to have those negative feelings. Yeah. So not my favorite. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, the next part that it goes into is this segment called Ask the Duggers. And it's funny because they totally did it. This is where he, I think Tim is talking about the production value going up. Because <laughs> they said it, it was very like Brady Bunch style. Like the intro into it is them like the look up, the look down. Yeah. Which I just think is so ironic because they have no idea what they're even doing is in reference to something. Because <laughs> they're not allowed to watch the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Carol Brady was showing way too much leg for them. Like, there's no way they'd be allowed to watch it. So, funny that they don't even know it. They get asked a bunch of questions by people that have, like, video question things or whatever. I'm going to skip over quite a few of them because they're not terribly... They were super like base level. Yeah. Like it was people, and they were like, "How do you, how do you feed all those kids?" And it felt like you a know. repeat of some of the stuff from the first episode. Yeah. like we saw. So yeah, uh, we'll skip over a lot of the things about like the food and the laundry. But they do seven loads of laundry a day. That was the yes. only thing. But that if I there's about. bedding, there was nine to ten. <laughs> See, and my whole thing with that is that uh, that's cool that they did those seven loads of laundry because they have kids that can fold it and put it away. That's the worst part about doing laundry. For real. One of the questions was, how do you cook for that many? And I just love that Michelle's response was, well, I don't do all the cooking. And it's like, we, we know. know, Michelle. We know. She specifically said, I have great helpers. But if you call them helpers, it's okay. Because you're a helper. I have great helpers who help me do that. And I'll gladly do the dishes. Which I kind of don't think she even does the dishes. I'm not convinced. <laughs> so, again, she just makes her daughters handle all this stuff for her. Um, one of the questions that I thought was funny was, do you think your parents are too strict? And Josh Duggar was the one to answer <laughs> this one. Uh, here we go. Ready for this? Josh said, I don't know if I'd really call that strict as far as what my parents would require, uh, require of us. I think our parents care about us, and they really want to see the best for our lives, and they let us do things we know, <laughs> and sometimes find out things on our own, and they let us learn from our own mistakes. But they try to spare or try to share what they're what they've experienced and hopefully it helps out in our lives. I don't think it did. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that was funny. Yeah. And then another one of the questions was, do you wish you could express your individuality more? <laughs> and I think we both have some things on this one. So John David said his reply was, Dad doesn't like pickles and some of us like chocolate ice cream. Not all of us like the same things. Such an individual man. But it, it's so sad that literally, like their personality traits are around like food. Like Jessa, that's all like, they have. Jessa likes pick, eating pickles, <laughs> and their idea of individuality is liking different foods. Correct. That's it. Yeah, or like the favorite things, like you said. What's her name's favorite thing was babysitting. That's all she knows. I just think it's sad. And then Josh's answer to that was, "There's two things that bother me." One is that we don't have any individual rights, and the other one is we don't so socialize enough. Each of us has our own interests, we know. <laughs> Whether that being a hobby or a food or something that is of interest to them. Yeah. And I got to say, this is one time I fully agree with Josh Duggar. He clearly has his own hobbies and interests that are different <laughs> from the rest of them. So that is true. Yeah. One, one of the, the funniest things in this was those last couple questions were a little bit baity. Uh, for the kids where it's like hey it felt almost like it was like blink twice if you feel unsafe you know because it was like you guys don't have this and you guys aren't individuals um but then they were also having to talk to this with their parents in the room 
I'm like, you're, you're never going to get a real answer anyway because it's television. But then you're even going to get less of a real and answer. And they're brainwashed. So let's go. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, that'd be like you as a child being in a room with your parents and somebody being like, aren't your parents really lame sometimes? Like, what are you going to say? You know? Yeah, totally. Um, my next thing, my note is the ranch field trip. Do you have anything besides that? Um, they just started showing uh, the new house um, a little bit more. Um, they did put forth that uh, TLC is helping them build the house because they were kind of running short on um, some deadlines they have. They didn't. But it's annoying that they even piece this in here because the entire next episode is about them moving in. So I really do not understand why this is even in here. Yeah. So we can just skip straight over that, I feel. Yeah. No, that's. I just thought that was interesting because, you know, they talk about kind of their financial ideas and how, you know, it's because they do all these things. Not saying that what they're doing is not saving them money, but at the end of the day, TLC helped you build your house. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's it. So the next part is they're going to a field trip. You know, part of their homeschool situation is that they take a lot of field trips, they say. <laughs> and they go to a ranch that apparently Jim Bob knows the guy since like sixth grade or something. And it wasn't super riveting. I just saw a whole bunch of little kids in jeans and cowboy hats. <laughs> but two things stuck out to me. Um, I appreciate a good dad joke. Like Tim knows. I love a pun. I love a dad joke. But Jim Bob was like, well, when he's talking about the horses, he's like, well, where's the steering wheel? Yep. And I was like, oof. Like, like it, it was, was delivered so poorly that, that it felt like somebody had to feed him that I line. felt like he – no, I think he came up – I don't even think he was fed it. <laughs> I think he thought of it the entire way there, and he was waiting <laughs> for an in. Like if you watch the moment, I'm like he was waiting for an in to be able to use that joke. <laughs> and he's like, it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I, no, no, no. So I don't think it was fed. I think he was like, damn, this is good. Oh, man. And the next thing was just that Jana gets on the horse, and she's riding the horse in a skirt. And yeah. they're showing her, like, mounting this horse, and she's mm -hmm. trying to, like, cover her legs and keep them closed while she's getting on there and readjust herself. Yeah. And I just find it so fascinating that in their world, it's still the better, more modest option to them to try to get on a horse and ride it in a skirt than it was just to wear a fucking pair of pants. <laughs> Whenever I think of that, I always think of Colonel Potter uh, in MASH because he's ex-cavalry. He has horses, and in the show, he ends up getting a horse. Um, and at one point, Radar looks at him and goes, Colonel, why do women wear? Why do women ride side saddle? And Colonel Potter's like, would you marry one that didn't? <laughs> I love Colonel Potter. The, I remember they showed in this scene, they showed Jim Bob getting on that horse, and that horse was not having it. It was it was awkward him getting up there. The second he got up there, that horse you could tell you know what you could tell horses are just like get the hell off me, dude. Um, it was like awkward. It was moving back and forth. Like I do not want to be here. So it's good to know that like horse sense is a real thing, and they and they know that he's creepy. Yep, they got it. <laughs> so the next scene, it is Michelle's birthday, yep. and her sister Pam comes to visit. And her sister Pam is 22 years older than her. This yeah. is her oldest sister. And she, Michelle is the youngest. We will touch on this more in depth at some point when I do a deep dive episode that's devoted just to Michelle, which I plan to do for, you know, some of the bigger characters, if you will. Yeah. But, and I do really think a lot of this played into some of the stuff with her. But it I mean, is just so funny. 
How many siblings does she have? I want to say that there's seven of them total. Okay. I could be wrong, but I want to say that they were a pretty large family, but Michelle, it was kind of on her own at the tail end. Like, I think she was an accident, honestly. Like, Oof. Um, her parents were quite a bit older. So think about it. So she's got this sister that's 22 years older than her. I'm the youngest in my family, and my oldest sister is 12 years older than me. And I thought that was a lot. I was in first grade when she was getting married and moving out when she was 18. So it's yeah. like, I thought that was bad, but 22 is crazy. And they actually had a father of the bride situation where the sister Pam was pregnant with like her second child at the same time that their mom was pregnant with Michelle. <laughs> and her mom had Michelle one month prior to her having her baby. So yeah, total father of the bride thing come to life. Yeah. And I just wanted to point out something that Pam said that really stuck with me that I'm sure in the future I will dive into even more. But Pam said, it probably wasn't until her ninth child that I became very okay with this. Yeah. And accepting that, yes, she could handle this. Yeah. So I'm I not going like, to get... What, with, the, with the eighth kid, you're like, mm. Yeah, no, but then suddenly nine, oh, she's got this. Yeah, yeah now, now it's changed. So that will, I'm sure, you know, come about again. Yeah. So they go out to lunch as adults, and while the adults are away, the kids make ice cream cake, which is just, like, layered up ice cream sandwiches with, like, sauces and shit. There's a brief mention of tater tot casserole, but but no actual making of tater tot casserole. But they did say that there's a new recipe. Which was the ice cream cake. Oh, okay. That's I thought they meant they had a new recipe no, 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 no. for the tater they were tot say, casserole. They, they were like, no, we got the tater We're not showing you that but we have a new one and then it was the ice cream cake. Oh, okay. I thought they were insinuating that like the tater tot casserole changed no, or something. No. Yeah. Nope. But yeah, that kind of that kind of sums it up for that part. Nothing nothing crazy. They celebrate her birthday. Moving on. <laughs> the next scene is when they're going to see their house be demoed. I actually really didn't like write anything about this. So, if you have anything, let me know. I um it was it was just interesting interesting to see them you know once again looking at a part of their life that is now not only being sold and they're moving away from it but like actually watching it get demoed um and you know they just did a little more stuff with like the kids where they're like how do you feel about this and um so i mean that was kind of a cool thing to say the only note that i have from that entire area is that the person who's doing the voiceover kind of sounds like Will Friedel from Boy Meets World. Which I didn't notice. I'm going to have to re-listen again. Yeah, and it's just, he, he kind of has that, like, kind of cheesy Eric Matthews. Fine. Um, yeah, so I really, really hope it was him and he was just trying to get a check from TLC because that would make this so much better. We'll have to look up the name. Um, so after House Demo, it again goes into her giving birth. Um, so yeah, earlier I, I think I misspoke when I said she was like giving birth. I was just saying that they skipped over kind of quickly the doctor's appointments because they're used to this, but even this birth was pretty quick. The one thing that I thought was really funny is they're still at the house and they're in their bedroom and Jim Bob is sitting on the bed and I can't figure out what the hell Michelle is on. I'm like, are you on a cot next to your bed? Like, (laughs) is this like a hospice bed bed on the side? A trundle? Yeah. Trundle. Is this a trundle? He's. And he's, like, holding her hand, and she's, like, mid-contraction. He's, like, how are you feeling, Michelle? And she's, like, I'll answer that later. She says something along the lines of, like, I'm not going to answer that right now. But I'm, like, don't ask a woman in the middle. If you've been through this this many times, why are you asking her mid-contraction, how you feeling? 
You good? Do you in need pain. anything? I'm in pain. Skittle. Can, Can I, I get, get you some, some Skittles? So they leave. They go to the hospital. Johanna Faith is born on October 11th, 2005. And yeah. The very, very, very end, it flashes into being in the new house. But again, stupid. There's a whole other episode about that. So I don't yeah. know why they do that stuff. But that was kind of it for me. I felt like as much as this episode kind of did more to expand than what they did in the first one, um, this was the first one that felt a little bit more like reality TV. Like the whole stuff where she was on the trundle bed and like they were just kind of sitting awkwardly in that room, that was kind of uncomfortable for me to watch because I was like, I shouldn't be here for this. Um, and I know that that's kind of the mystique. Put the trundle away at least. <laughs> Like, like, I know that's the, the mystique of reality TV, TV that you get this view into people's lives that you don't usually get. But I don't know. It just it made me feel real, real weird. Yeah, well, more of that to come. Yep. Yep. So that kind of sums up our summary of the episode. And we'll come back in a minute and we will do our deep dive. So stay tuned to see what the topic of it is. Ooh, put your snorkel on. It's deep dive. It's time to dive. <laughs> so... Today's deep dive topic is why the hell do they have so many children to begin with? Because <laughs> I feel like we, before you can really get into anything else, I feel like that's that's the first thing. Yeah. So let's go back to Jim, Bob, and Michelle, how they got married July 21st, 1984. Jim, Bob was 19 and Michelle was 17, but like almost 18. So they waited. They were using birth control at this point, right? I know. And they the waited drama. three years before they decided to try having kids. And thank fucking God. Can you imagine where we'd be if they hadn't, like, <laughs> waited a little, like, four years, you know? Well, you know, the birth rates are going down. They got to compensate somehow. So they said themselves that they kind of thought maybe we'd have one, maybe we'd have two, maybe we had three. I don't know. We don't think we really even had a number is what they have said themselves. <laughs> they just thought someday they'd start having kids. So then they decide, you know, they go off birth control and they had sex pests on March 3rd, 1988. So a very dark day in history for, <laughs> for humanity. And right after they gave birth to Josh, she resumed birth control. So fascinating. Despite being on birth control, Michelle did end up getting pregnant. And I'm guessing that this is probably like late 88 to early 89 is my guess. So she did uh, get pregnant, but she miscarried between the second and the third month. Now, the funny thing is, obviously, at that point, they didn't know the gender, but they have named him Caleb. <laughs> so oh, they had already named him. Okay. Yeah, so they've decided that it's so this Caleb. Is, this is before the J thing. Yeah, well, that's my <laughs> point. So this is before the J thing, but so that's why I'm like, so should we call him, like, Ja-Caleb? Ja-Caleb. Because that is one of my favorite bits on Reddit Snark. Um Duggar Snark on Reddit, I'm sorry, uh, is, like, way down the road. They end up taking in, like, her, Michelle's, like, niece's kid or something like that, and his name is Tyler. So on Reddit, everybody calls him Ja-Tyler. Ja-Tyler. <laughs> so I'm like, this should be Ja-Caleb, because uh, this is obviously before the full J's set in. So they didn't know it. They, they call this baby Caleb, and after this miscarriage, they end up reading the fine print of their contraceptive, before they end up deciding to go talk to a Christian doctor who 
reconfirmed their beliefs that the miscarriage, quote, probably happens because she had conceived while still on the pill. Or that the child wasn't named with a J, so that's it had no, what, it had no it chance. So, of course, them being conservative Christians at the time, they believe that every life is sacred, and Jim Bob, they've, they've been quoted saying since then that they felt like their, you know, their lack of knowledge took a life and was, abs- and was absolutely devastating to them. So then after that, they ended up studying scripture, and of course they zeroed in on all these different scriptures about how children are a blessing and gift from God. Turning the page. I just think that's you see that a lot. There's whether you're picking through religious text or you're picking through statistics, like you just see a lot of that cherry picking where it's like, okay, here's what we already believe. It's confirmation bias. Here's another one. Here's another one. Correct. Yeah. 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 So because of all this, they ended up asking God for forgiveness for taking matters into their own hands and for treating children like a, quote, inconvenience during a busy time in their life. So they're saying that, like, we were on birth control because we felt like we were too busy, but that was wrong. We put things into our own hands, and we shouldn't have done that. Right. So it's at this point that they vowed to stop using any form of birth control and left to God to decide how many children they would have. So (laughs) then soon after that, they became pregnant and with the twins, which is Jana and John David, and they ended up being born January 12, 1990. The reason, okay, so the reason I really want to talk about this is because, in my opinion, I think that this is a pivotal moment in their life. Okay. I think this is what took them from being, like, your kind of mainstream, like, conservative Christian. I think this is what pushed them over into, like, full-blown, deep-in-the-sauce, like, fundy land. Okay. And I don't really feel like we could even move forward (laughs) talking about their religious beliefs until we talked about this first because I really do think that this was – the defining moment for them. Hmm. So, taking all of this into account, while I was just kind of researching all of this stuff, I just happened to be flipping through one of their books that I have. It's their second book. And, you know, they talk about this a little bit in both their books. But it's funny because throughout their books, they do talk, they have like references. They'll say like, oh, we really like this book, blah, 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 blah. Or we really like using this chore chart, chart and like whatever, chart, whoops, <laughs> uh, chore, chart and whatever. But they don't necessarily, you know, like reference everything that's back in their resources. I was flipping through the resources and I happened to find a book that they recommend called Does Birth Control Cause Abortions? Oh, my God. Now, the funny thing about all this is I did all of this research and had this fully written up, ready to go. And then obviously what's happening in the media or, you know, in like right now in the United States with Roe versus Wade. So I just thought this was really funny timing and I'd already had this all picked up. So this book, Does Birth Control Cause Abortions, is by a man named Randy Alcorn. And uh, he's not a doctor. He's a pastor turned author who's written several other books. And he's got actually a really long list of them, but I just wanted to tell you three that I think are funny. Oh, man. It feels it feels very Brian Fellows, though, where at the beginning there's an SNL sketch where uh, Tracy Morgan plays a 
uh, like a safari guy, and it's called Brian Fellow Safari Planet. And it's like your old school like animal show where they bring animal guests on and they talk about it. And at the very beginning in the intro, the intro specifically says, Brian Fellows is not an accredited zoologist. He's just an enthusiastic young man with a sixth grade education and a passion for all of God's creatures. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> they totally need this slapped on every book of this guy's. So this Randy Alcorn, one of his books is Help for Women Under Stress, Preserving Your Sanity. <laughs> I would argue not having 18 million fucking kids might help in that <laughs> arena. So I thought that was funny. Um, another one was beautiful and scandalous. And I was like, ooh. And then it says how God's grace changes everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> you thought you were going to get some tea. I was like, ooh. Uh. <laughs> and then the other one was, does God want us to be happy? Question mark. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I thought those were some funny titles. You know that when he writes those titles, too, he's like, God, I'm so clever. God, this is going to be so He was like, good. this is good shit. He's like Jim Bob in that, in that joke at the ranch. <laughs> he's been waiting for it. Okay, so while Randy is not a doctor, his book had, like, all of these. It had a whole section that was endorsements by physicians in the front. Okay. So it's this, like, 200-page book, but you have to get through you know, four pages of just all of his, like, see, 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 see what this person says about Correct. me before you can get to any of the stuff. So <laughs> some of the things that people said. Ready for this? I'm ready. This is a disturbing must-read for all who profess to be pro-life. Another one is, no pro-life physician can rightly prescribe birth control pills after reviewing this data. I have started circulating this information. And just something noteworthy that person who wrote that was a chairman of a department of anesthesiology <laughs> uh, thought that was you, worth noting <laughs> what are your comments on abortion uh well i'm a podiatrist <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and then another one was this booklet should be required reading for all discerning christians who wish to live out their full faith I'm did it call it did that call it a booklet what did I just say? It sounded yes, like booklet. booklet. Yes, booklet. Damn, I feel like that's kind of shade. Where they're like, <laughs> you got 200 pages, but realistically you have information to fill a booklet. It's a, it's a pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy this leaflet. <laughs> right. This postcard in the mail, you know, like <laughs> flyer. Uh, the last one is, I am amazed now that I could have ignored this issue in the past. I've now discontinued prescribing, prescribing, oh my God. <laughs> discontinued prescribing hormonal contraception so that's great that the doctor has decided that they're just not going to prescribe that to their you know things to their <laughs> patients that they might need so this is a like i said like 209 page book i admittedly did not read all 200 pages <laughs> what it would be painful and honestly i can tell you it is just a, re a repeat of him going to different people and different makers of birth control and different doctors and just asking kind of the same thing and then trying to be like, see, 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 like it's, it's really just really super repetitive. Right. But, um, basically the gist of it and why th this opinion has been formed is all because, um, he's saying that the early forms of birth control pills had high doses of estrogen. This is true. Early, early ones did. And there ended up being, like, a ton of negative side effects. 
you know, people were nausea, headaches, like all, I mean, just lots of stuff. Yeah. So because of that, like, then they started making more of like low dose Correct. birth control pills. Yeah. Um, that just became more common and it became like the norm, which is kind of what we're at now. And so he's saying that, uh, you know, he was a pastor for all those years and that he even suggested birth control pills as, as a, like, you know, like the premarital counseling type stuff and okay. like to all of his like, you know, parishioners and stuff because, you know, he was like, it's fine because birth control prevents ovulation. Correct. But then he said that he started to look at the wording. Uh, he started to read the contraceptives. And if you remember, that's exactly what Jim Bob and Michelle did. Correct. So the wording on the birth control was alterations in the endometrium which may reduce the likelihood of implantation, may also contribute to the contraceptive effectiveness. So I can only imagine that what they read was similar, if not the exact same. Yeah. So uh, just a little forewarning. I'm about to say a whole lot of things like cervical mucus. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually do think it is important in context to describe some of the details to explain them so you can really understand where they're at. Listener, so. listener discretion is advised. <laughs> right. Cervical muses. Okay. It's like the, it's like an SVU episode where they're like, this may get graphic. <laughs> yep, for real. Okay, so basically, there are three ways that hormonal birth control can prevent pregnancy. So the first one is what we were talking about. It can prevent ovulation. The second is that it thickens your cervical mucus, which can slow down sperm to keep it from getting to the egg. Did you, did you guys know you're going to be learning so much? It's thick uh, with two C's. And then the third is that if the first two fail, an egg can fertil- um, fail. F- an egg can actually still be fertilized. But if that happens, the kind of like last way that a pr- pregnancy can be prevented is that the birth control keeps the lining of the uterus from thickening. And so because of that thin lining, it can make implantation of that fertilized egg less likely. Okay. Everybody tracking? Okay. All right. I, I have note cards, so I, I think I'm think I'm on, on the same page. So his thing is he's okay with step one. He you know, preventing ovulation. He is also okay with step two, with your thick cervical mucus. He's all that right with that. Thick. <laughs> and then but the thing is he's not okay with that third one. So he's saying that the prevent the being Preventing an implanted implantation of a fertilized egg is in itself abortion. So he's okay with uh, thick mucus, but not with uh, uterine Thin. lining. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the reason for that, of course, is being that they truly believe that that fertilized egg itself is the beginning of life. So it goes down to like the the age old like. What does life start with? Yeah. So like where, when does life begin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, <laughs> one of the things that he wrote in the book was that often the newly conceived person is referred to as a fertilized egg. This term is dehumanizing and oh, misleading. Okay. Neither egg nor sperm alone is in any sense a human being. However, at the point of fertilization, someone brand new comes into existence, a singularly unique human being. So then he basically goes on to say that um, that while those first two steps don't always fail and lead to that third possibility, mm-hmm. he 
he's saying that there's no way to know how often that that does occur. So he he's insinuating, he's not even insinuating, he's saying that you just have no idea when your period is an actual period and when your period is an abortion that you think is a period. Weird. And that is just giving you the illusion of, like, birth control doing its job. But really, mm. you could just be having a birth, uh, you know, an abortion, and you just don't even know it. It's so wild. So, yeah, it just, you never know the difference, he's yeah. saying, so you should abstain from using Right, birth err control. on the side of caution yeah. if you don't know which one it is. So the reason I tell you, like, all of these details and talk about cervical mucus <laughs> is because I just want you to like really understand Jim Bob and Michelle's mindset. So at the point of the miscarriage, they're conservative Christians. Um, and I'd say most, if not all conservative Christians are clearly against abortion, right? I think so. Yeah. So at that point they're conservative Christians and they're against abortion. But when you're that Christian against abortion, it's easy, right? To avoid an abortion, that's not hard. You just think you just don't have one. <laughs> right, right. So then you have this guy that comes along, like this doctor that told them, and then later on, obviously, these books that they're reading, this book came out later, so mm -hmm. this wasn't the thing, but this was a circulating type Correct. thing. Uh, so then you have this person that comes along and tells you that taking birth control caused you to abort your child. Oh my and God. that's, you know, so it's like, that's why they lost their minds because right. they're like, well, I always just had the idea. Just don't have one. I just got told I did something. What? Right. We thought we were doing something okay. And now you're telling me it's not okay. Yeah. Um, hang on. Oh, and so it's just kind of funny because in their book, while they do always refer to Jacaleb as a miscarriage, <laughs> um, it's funny that this book calls it abortion. So Correct. I do think it's interesting. Like, do they think that they had an abortion? Ooh, yeah, that's or a fascinating not. point. Or, or do they believe that and it affected them deeply, but they're like, we're not even putting in print our our right. name next to the word ab abortion. So right. we're still going to call it a miscarriage, even though we kind of think we may have done that. Yeah, we'll never admit it, but we're going to change our behavior because we think we did it. Just really odd. But if you really think about it, it still kind of doesn't make sense, though, because Michelle did have an actual pregnancy. Correct. I mean, the fertilized egg clearly implanted in yeah. order for her to test, you know, positively as pregnant and be two to three months along. Right. So to us, it's clearly not even fall. It doesn't even fall into their own created category, like definition of this abortion that they're calling it. Right. But obviously, I just feel like when you read this, you can clearly see that it affected them and that they made a very big life change after that yeah, they believe yeah. they they believe it correct never admit it but they believe it so i bring up all these details because i would say that this is kind of maybe i don't know tell me if you disagree i feel like this is a pretty extreme take even for the average conservative christian christian because i feel like there's still plenty of pro-life christians that take birth control yeah, I think am so. I, I mean, am I wrong though? No, I don't. I don't think you are. I also see that you know, if they were, I think it's just a mindset. I think it's an environment thing. Obviously, they started out at a relatively muted version of 
you know, their beliefs. And then, like you said, they kind of just fell into the deep end of the pool of, okay, now we're going to take this far and far and far and far. Because, like, think about it. How many times can a woman have a fertilized egg that doesn't implant? But they're calling it abortion because if you take birth control pills, they think that that caused that. Right. But it's like you can have a fertilized egg at any point that doesn't implant. It's Correct. I don't know. I think it's pretty extreme because I, I know plenty of pro-life people that still take birth control. Right. But uh, but to me, it's like even if you – I mean I disagree with this entirely. But at that point, they still could have just decided to not use hormonal birth control. Correct. They could have then, you know – use barrier methods good old condom they could have done the old catholic way of you know rhythm you know and tracking Mm -hmm. and you know they could have done old faithful of pull out method yeah but they went completely deep deep in the sauce (laughs) and you know they went extreme and they went to no prevention of any kind so they're all the only actual form of prevention method that they use prayer (laughs) <laughs> besides prayer no they're always praying for a baby whatever god will give us oh god their only form of like any kind of prevention is that they themselves have decided and again they're just and they even actually specifically say we just decided this on our own we know it's not like typical at all they've decided to f- follow some old testament practices of abstaining for the seven days of the menstrual cycle and then 40 days after the birth of a boy and then for 80 days after the birth of a girl weird but my take is that now it all makes fucking sense to me now it all makes sense the reason michelle has so many kids is and she's probably praying for a girl is because after birth is the only break she gets from jim bob mopping over the top of her (laughs) with his like sweaty hairy chest (laughs) What and, I was and, and I don't know that he has a sweaty chest. Obviously, we never see it because that would be immodest. But I imagine it to be very hairy. <laughs> well, the dumb like male in me, when you were kind of talking about like the decisions they made when it came to birth control, I'm like, is this just his way of uh, not being able to use protection at all? Like this was his way of being like, well, I mean, I mean, you know, condoms are you know an attest to God. So I mean, I guess we just can't use them anymore. Right. You know, uh, uh, yeah, God says no. <laughs> God says no. Uh, yep. So yeah, I just said I'm like now I get it. She's like, oh God, have a girl, and then I get eighty <laughs> you days. Leave me off. alone for eighty days. <laughs> <laughs> now it makes sense. So yeah, I just was thinking that they just took it to the extreme when, honestly, even if they believed it, and I don't agree with this belief, yeah, of you know that they caused it because of having birth, con- you know, having taken birth control, but they could have just decided to not use the pill. Yeah, there were other options. Yeah. But obviously, to me, that speaks of their mindset of the incredible guilt that they felt. Yeah. And that, and I'm not saying I agree with it, and I, I don't even have sympathy for them necessarily. Correct. But I guess the human side of me is like, oh man, they they're probably really fucked up in the head from this, and look what happened. Yeah. There's, you know, there's that guilt that yep. you know religion plays into things. So yeah, um, I just think that it was really pivotal because they felt guilt, and in my head, guilt equals you know kind of like vulnerability yeah and then when you're vulnerable you're a lot more like susceptible to like extremism of course and i think that that manifested in their (laughs) lives is everything we see going forward just extremism and yeah so for me that's that's kind of the end i think that's a good way of uh kind of framing what's going to come next both 
in this journey we're taking and then also just this podcast in general is you know framing it through that's kind of what started all of this um once again like you kept talking about how like it kind of shows you their mindset and how you know they are susceptible to um kind of taking on more extreme views that maybe maybe the even the even the idea of having that view and like their evidence is like a little bit shaky, but like if you have that much guilt, like you're still just going to be like, nope, nope, it makes total sense. Yep, yeah, all of this down makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, and especially to make yourself feel better. Yeah, and I actually did think of one more thing I wanted to add. I actually really think that them so soon after that miscarriage of Jacaleb, um, I think that her. I'm gonna laugh every time. So quickly having twins, I think played into it even more. Oh yeah. Cause they were like, look, it yes, worked. Cause it I think worked. they were like, I think it's almost like God forgave us and he gave us two. Yeah. 100%. Now they probably never say like, Oh, you know, John David is making up for Caleb and here's Jana. But like, I think that it did. I think that honestly they were like, this was their, like in their head, the physical representation of like God forgiving them. And they're yeah. like, cool, we got to make sure we never do that again. Absolutely. And then they just went, full-fledged like yeah with it so yeah so i think that'll be an interesting way to look at the rest of this series is looking at it like i said through the things that you just went through um so we will be uh posting this uh pretty soon one of the things i wanted to add was uh there was a very cool post that we, uh whitney made to the uh digging up the duggars pod instagram page um that just kind of referenced some of the stuff that we talked about in the last episode you know so it was kind of cool to see feedback too because their people are listening to this. We talk about like the white frill dresses that they're wearing. The collar, the bibs. <laughs> yeah, the bib collars. Um, so she was able to post a lot of things, and we got a lot of really good likes and feedback on like cool. It was cool to see the stuff that you guys were referencing. So yeah, um, stay tuned. I know we want to do some kind of some other supplementary posts on there. Um, so stay tuned. Once again, digging up the Duggars Pod on Instagram. Um, you can find us on Anchor and Spotify. We have an, um, uh, we have an email now. Ooh, yeah. If, I mean, you can always DM us, comment, but if you do want to email us, it's diggingupthedougars at gmail if you have anything you want to say. Uh, as we get more people listening, which I hope to God happens, <laughs> I think at some point we will have like things that we open up to people to for like kind of discussion and questions yeah. and like your thoughts and feedback and on some stuff. Yeah, and that's one of the pieces of feedback that I got, too, is I had a couple people that were like, you should do a live. I'm like, we're not oh, there yet. we're not there yet. We can barely get through this right now. <laughs> but, you know, that we do want to do, I think it would be cool to do a live, um, you know, watch through of stuff or maybe just a live chat where people are asking questions just because, you know, watching Whitney go through uh, all the subreddits that have to do with this, you know, even before, like, the Josh Duggar kind of shenanigans um, was interesting. There's such a huge community, so it's very cool to not only – introduce new people to that community but then also interact with that community but as I do it have to stands. say you're not allowed on Duggar Snark because <laughs> we have to keep you pure you have to stay pure in this you're my watching pure, my purity got taken a long time ago <laughs> but in this instance I need you to remain pure so that you're seeing this for the first time with each of these episodes yeah so absolutely he's not allowed on there but you guys are you guys you guys heard it here first I'm pure right now exactly uh, one thing I just wanted to give one person a really special shout out if I may you may. Miss Tiffany. Tiffany, Tiffany Nolan. Tiffany was our very first listener ever, and she will go down in history as our first listener, <laughs> and we love her. Thank you, Tiffany. We appreciate your support. <laughs> she will always be our first listener. 
That's exciting. Yeah. She gave me tons of good. She was so excited for us. So it was cool to see. She's a sweetie pie. And she makes desserts for a living. Save yeah. room for desserts. Look her up on Instagram. She ships. Yep, absolutely. Um, so thank you very much for joining us for episode two. Um, once again, reach out, talk to us, comment our Instagram post, send us an email if you want. Uh, we are posting to Anchor and Spotify. Um, I'm in the process of getting um, Apple podcast and google podcast all set up so hopefully i'll do that this week so we'll probably throw a post out that says hey if that's where you consume your podcast we're going to be on there pretty soon so pretty cool yeah so thank you very much once again digging up the duggar pod episode two and uh we'll see you next time signing out <laughs>